Oh my god, it's the first episode of my new project, podcast, interview series, whatever you want to call it. Um, The Body Talks Back. I'm Sarah Romeo White, and I am so excited that the time has finally come for me to be able to share these really amazing conversations with some pretty incredible people who I love very much and I'm super appreciative of um and yeah I've been working on this since October of 2017 um it kind of came to me as an idea because I was kind of in a I was in a pretty rough place um and I was just really sick of sharing my story uh if you follow me you know that I've been sharing um my story my struggle my history um with uh, being in recovery from a binge eating disorder, my struggles with body acceptance, um, mental health issues, depression, you name it. Uh, I released a, a self-published memoir that I'm reworking right now and trying to get published for real. <laughs> um, uh, about four years ago, maybe five years ago, I don't know. Um, and I've written for a few publications, Refinery29, I did something for BuzzFeed, um, I just have a, you know, a couple places, uh, that I've (laughs) written for, um, and, uh, I also was blogging for a long time, um, I'm also a health coach, although currently I am taking time off from coaching, because like I said, I was, I had been kind of going through a pretty intense, um, period of time um, over the last year and I really kind of around the time I started doing these interviews I decided it would be best for me to uh, take time off from helping other people and really focus on helping myself Uh, that way I can be I can better serve helping other people and also just kind of figuring out really how I want to best help people it can be a lot uh, taking on other people's stuff although it is something that I love and I'm have been doing my whole life. Um, so we'll see what happens as far as my coaching goes. Um, but the reason why I wanted to do this and the reason what the reason why this, uh, idea came into my head was I was just kind of really sick of just always, you know, sharing my stuff. And I really wanted to give a platform and an opportunity for other people who have different experiences or even similar experiences, uh, to be able to share their stories. Um, I've been working in the health and wellness world, uh, especially the yoga world for, uh, a long time, about almost a decade. And, um, so I, I know a lot of people in that world and I know a lot of people who are incredible, have offer really incredible diff, different kinds of healing modalities. Um, and a lot of times when we're in this world, we kind of get stuck in a bubble where we think that everybody else knows um, about these different ways in which um, to access healing. Um, and because of my history of growing up when I was uh, a teenager, up until I was 20 years old, I turned 20, um, in the last place I was, I was in a lot of hospitals and treatment centers. Um, so I was really around a lot of people who really had no idea, no access, um, and, you know, no financial means, uh, to different forms of healing modalities. And, and the way in which I have been able to heal and all the different levels of recovery that I've been in has been through accessing all different kinds, um, of methods. Um, and so I really wanted to give an opportunity to be able to share those and while also, uh, giving other people opportunities to share their different experiences in the body. Um, you know, I'm so blessed and lucky enough to 
uh, know some incredible people um, who, you know, have their own experiences and uh, stories. Um, so I'm really excited for you guys to be able to hear each of these interviews. Each one is a gem. Um, and I'm just really grateful to each person who agreed to be on this series. And yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about the series. Uh, so let's get into the first episode. I'm super excited. Um, my friend Sophia Holly, who's a Brooklyn-based yoga teacher, um, is my first guest. Uh, really listening back to all these and when I was editing them, she, her, our, this episode really made the most sense to me to be, to be the first one, which I think you'll understand more after you hear it. Um, Sophia as a, as a yoga teacher, uh, promotes a lot of the same stuff that I was, that I did as, um, a health coach. You know, she promotes, um, body acceptance and compassion. Um, she is a trauma informed yoga teacher, which is something that I kind of delve more into with a different yoga teacher in a different episode. Um, I personally think that all yoga teachers should be trauma informed. Um, but I'll get into that in another episode. Um, and Sophia is the only person who I had the opportunity to speak to on this show who is also in recovery from an eating disorder. Um, I have been in recovery from a binge eating disorder. Sophia has been in recovery um, from bulimia. Um, so I, we get to kind of talk about the two different perspectives. Um, but because of that, I really want to um, kind of give a trigger warning here. We do uh, kind of go into detail a little bit about ED behaviors and all that stuff. So if you are in recovery or, or are currently struggling or in the beginning of recovery and hearing about those things um, are triggering for you, uh, you know, maybe maybe skip this episode or once you s start to feel like we're about to go into that, excuse me, um, you know, skip that part. Um, another thing, another trigger warning we do, uh, as, even though you'll hear me struggling and trying not to eventually, I kind of broke in, um, do mention numbers. So again, if, if hearing weight numbers is triggering for you, um, you know, steer clear of that. Um, and uh, if you listen to this and really connect with Sophia and live in Brooklyn, um, or just want to reach out to her or learn more about her, go to sophiaholly.com. I'll put this information in the description. Um, and yeah, uh, this is kind of a longer intro because this is the first episode. It is also a little bit of a longer episode. Each episode kind of ranges from about 50 minutes to almost two hours. Um, um, I, at one point I was really trying to kind of limit them to an hour, but I, I was losing a lot of stuff. And I think a lot of the things that these people talk about and that the conversations that we get into are super important and valuable, um, information for anybody who's struggling. Um, so I hope that this episode and all the episodes after this are helpful and, and healing for all of you. It certainly was for me. I learned a lot about myself, uh, through doing this series. Um, at this point right now, I'm just going to kind of stick to these 11 episodes that I've, that I have recorded and we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, if there'll be a season two, I don't know right now. This is just kind of, I feel good where it's at and, uh, and yeah. So without further ado, further ado, is that right? I don't know. Anyway, here's the first episode. Oh my God. Oh my God. I might butcher this and I'm then just going to let you kind of like say not. So you're 
a body positive yoga teacher. I know, okay, great. So you're a body positive yoga teacher and the person behind Blissful Embodiment, is that what you call your program or what is, what would you call it? <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it's slightly in like an evolving space. So mm-hmm. even the term body positive has so many layers that like I don't always love, but um, Same. it's kind of like a buzzword. Mm-hmm. So in terms of what I'm going for, for like all inclusive yoga for all bodies, Mm -hmm. it works and people understand it, but, um, I still don't a hundred percent love it. I feel like I'm always, I feel like language is evolving and I'm always trying to figure out what to name things. And then like a year later, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to name it that. Yeah. Um, so for a while I was calling like my Instagram handle was body beautiful yoga and I would call my workshops body beautiful yoga, but that sounds very much like you're trying to change your body, which right. There was part of me that was like, oh, cool. So maybe people like read into it and they'll be like, oh, this is cool, even though it wasn't what I was thinking. But Blissful Embodiment, Embodiment is the newer workshop title. That's mm-hmm. what I call my workshops. Um, and yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of broad and like, I'm also not 100% sold on it. So I'm in an evolving stage of yeah. like, what do I really want to call what I do? But I like it though, because I think it's less about it. I mean, when, you, when I hear the word beauty, it's often even though it's not, um, it is often meant to be about the external. Mm-hmm. But when you hear the word blissful, it's the inter- it's internal. You know what I mean? Like Totally. So I, I don't know. I like it. What are you Thank thinking? You. What are your like new options? Well, no, I have no new options. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, well, actually, that was the idea behind blissful embodiment. Mm-hmm. In, um, in the yoga philosophy, which you're probably familiar with, there's a, a model called the kosha model. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's five layers. And the first layer is um, the physical layer. And then it keeps going. It goes to like physical, breath, mental, emotional. I think I'm messing it up. And then finally, it's bliss is in the middle. So it's like your bliss body. And so the idea is, which this is why I love it, is that like no matter what body you have, no matter what it does, no matter what it looks like, we all have access to this feeling of bliss. Yeah. And... Even if you're in a wheelchair, even if you can't do yoga in the way that you see it on like Yoga Journal, you can access that state of bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, the The reason that I like don't I like I think I like ninety percent like it, but I worry that it's like too cheesy. Oh, I totally understand. <laughs> like that. blissful and body. Yeah. I don't know. No, but, I get it. Yeah, so that's where I'm at with that. I get it. Sometimes I get, especially from being in the yoga world for so long. So I feel like once you kind of are in it for a while, you get to a point where you're just like, oh, that just sounds so like whoa, <laughs> like yeah. like up here or like just like cheese. Yeah, cheesy. But I I don't think it's. I mean, just personally, I like it. I don't think it sounds cheesy. But if you know, it's your thing. So if you feel like you you need to change it, I totally understand. (laughs) But I mean, I think it definitely, um, like what you said about it doesn't matter what, what body you're in, like whether it's a disabled or, you know, any, anything like that. Yeah. You can always access bliss. Um, so I really like, I mean, I like it. I think even just you explaining it more, I like it even more than I did previously. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's an, an interesting point that you brought up with like the body positivity thing because it can, I find it to be a little judgmental a mm. lot of times and then it's, um, even though verbally it should be uh, in how it takes practice in the world, it's often not inclusive. Mm. And I was listening to a podcast um, 
do you have you ever do you know who I'm gonna say his name wrong, but Nico Tortorella, Tortorella, he's like on that show Younger or whatever. No, I don't know. Well, he had, or I think it's over now, but he had a pop podcast called The Love Bomb, and he had a woman um, who's a disabled woman in a wheelchair, and they were talking about that, and um, he had made a comment about how like shouldn't that be part of the body positivity movement shouldn't like a disabled like body and even the word disabled itself is like pretty problematic in, it, in yeah. itself but like but, like shouldn't that be part of the body positive world and I, I'm like isn't it like is, is it should isn't the whole thing that it's all bodies mm-hmm. that is body positive is that you are positive like feeling positive about your body or re, or tr- attempting to feel positive about your body I don't know I just think it's like I don't think I realized realized how non-inclusive mm. um, it was until I even heard that because I didn't know that that was even a question that you would ask. I was like, of course it's part of it. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a that's a that's one of the big problems. And um, there's this freight there's this term like co-opting. So they mm. say like there's certain people that co-opt the body positive Absolutely. movement, which yeah. actually like four years ago, I feel like I was guilty of that and, mm. and didn't really know. Cause I was just so happy to like finally feel like I was recovering from an eating disorder. I was like, mm. Oh sweet. Like, yeah, I feel good about my body. And then you start to research and you're like, Oh wow. Like there's so many bodies. <laughs> and actually there was, it was a big deal for a while. There's a yoga teacher, <laughs> Catherine Budig, and she, mm-hmm. um, she got a lot of shit. Yeah, I can say yeah, right. Of course, she got yeah. a lot of shit for putting all these things out about body positivity. Body positivity can even say it, and talking about it because she's like this tiny blonde size four woman, and um, and she's lovely, and we all have our struggles. And it was like it was like there's just like this weirdness behind it because mm-hmm. there's so many people that are left out, right? And especially on Instagram, you see like mm-hmm. just like people that really quite thin people wiggling their bellies and like, oh yeah, embrace the jiggle. And like, yes, we should embrace the jiggle. And it's like, you have to do that and also honor that like there's privilege, right? Yeah. Like honor that like what the size of your body is, Mm -hmm. what color your skin is. There's privilege surrounding that and not like taking the whole story. I don't know if I said that right. I really, I get nervous talking about these because I don't want to say something wrong, but I guess that's how you learn if you say something wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... And this is something that I'm even learning about. I mean, I knew this about myself, but but doing this, mm-hmm. um, I'm so nervous about that. And I'm so hyper aware of like wanting to be inclusive and not... Um, because I'm talking to all different people in all different bodies. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot... The people who I've talked to at this point, because I've only... Um, this is the fourth... Uh, interview uh, is they've all been they're all thin Mm. Um, and so sometimes things that they would say I would just I would feel like I need to jump in there and like Mm. be like no but like you know but everybody but even with that it's like saying everybody that also includes people who are thin and um, as someone who like I so I had a binge eating disorder Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people who are thin and have binge eating disorders don't get diagnosed as people who have binge eating disorders, which can be, detri- you know, not can be, uh, is completely, you know, detrimental to their health on mental health, physical health, like on every level. So it, it's like inclusive means inclusive. So like even it's, you know, I don't know, it's such a touchy, like hard 
subject that that even I feel uncomfortable like touching as like a white woman who's like but you know and because I've lived in larger bodies I've lived in smaller bodies I live in the body that I live in now and so I I know from all different angles like perspectives what that feels like for me but I can't you know I can't speak on that for someone else. Like, I know what my journey is. Like, I don't, I'm not fully in a place where I accept my, and love myself, but every day I work towards it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's such a weird, because that's where I think I feel judgment from, like, body positive world. Because I'm like, if I'm still struggling with the fact that, like, yeah, like, I will every now and then have panic attack when I try to get dressed or like if I get blind, like I got blind, I think I maybe have told, told you this, but I had gotten blind weight at, at the doctor's office, mm-hmm. but then I turned around and the weight was still there. And like seeing that and being like, Oh, that I'm not okay with that number. Like I want to lose it, you know? And it's like me, I should be able to say that for myself with the acknowledgement that like, I, you know, I wish that I didn't feel that way. I want to accept myself this is where I am. Yeah. And isn't that the whole point? Isn't that the whole thing with body positivity and with yeah. all of these movements is like one, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's body is different. Everyone needs different things, but the overall arc of it is, is reaching towards acceptance and love of oneself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, it is like, I feel like there's a lot of judgment around like weight loss in gen- general where it was like when I was 19 and you know I'm not going to say numbers but like when where I was I had never been told in my entire life that I was okay like that you you're fine just the way you are it was always like you need to fix this you need to fix this you need to fix this you're sick you're sick you're sick and I was sick like I had a lot of mental illness issues I had an eating disorder but like there was I, I sometimes I feel like I can't even talk about that the journey of losing the weight because then it's like oh but then we're talking about weight loss yeah you know what I mean like totally does that make sense it makes sense and that's I I hear about that a lot and I think about it a lot like I I feel like that comes back to accepting people where they are and letting Mm -hmm. them have their journey and like for some people if someone wants to lose weight then that's where they are and we can't stigmatize it and make them feel bad like they're doing something wrong um, but I think it's also important to stand true to like your story and where you are and mm-hmm. like talk about that where like maybe weight loss wasn't the answer and like maybe you can talk about that yeah. or maybe who knows I, I, maybe in some ways it was I don't know I hear less about that because I'm more in the I more hear about like body acceptance mm-hmm. um, which, which is so tricky yeah. because it gets so many like people you'll see like people be like but like are you healthy all this and I get confused honestly I don't I don't know I mean for me in my body like when I'm was super 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 thin I was really unhealthy Mm -hmm. and when I was um I mean I I don't I don't even know what to like label my body because it's average like then I was like a little more healthy and times when I was a little bit heavier I actually had like intense bulimia like the way that I looked didn't reflect exactly the behaviors that I was doing maybe for other people 
that's different. And so we just have to honor that people know what's best for them. And like some people need to go through, like I needed to go through all the stages of my eating disorder. Absolutely. However they manifest it. And some people need to go through like losing a ton of weight and maybe that's great. Maybe they stay the same size. Other people fluctuate. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, no judgment. Like people need to go through what they're going to go through. Yeah, and I and I know like when I work with clients, and because mostly I work with clients who are in recovery from from binge eating disorders okay. or are in their like binge eating disorder, mm-hmm. um, and um, and again, just it just so happens that like my the clients who I've worked with live in larger bodies, and and my whole work with them, I don't work with them even though I'm a health coach and like I went to. IIN, which is based in nutrition and their whole thing is like, yeah, like weight, you know, Mm. not their whole thing is not weight loss, but a lot, a big way in in which I feel as though they teach marketing is like detox, you know, like follow my detox or like follow my, and I will never, I would never do that. I don't work with people on nutrition. Mm -hmm. I only work with people on the emotional level Mm -hmm. and Um, from like friends in my life who like I see are going through like still having a really disordered, um, not eating disorders, but disordered eating. Um, and also clients in my life. It's like, I, you know, like I see, I understand what you're saying. I hear that you're uncomfortable and unhappy and that you want to do this, like, diet I'm telling you what my experience is with this that you're that at the end of it you could end up with a more dysfunctional relationship with food mm-hmm. I was like but the main thing is that no matter where you are on this that you are constantly striving for accepting and loving yourself where you are on that journey like yeah. eat the journey of of weight loss if that's the route you're going or the journey of not of choosing not to lose weight which is also completely acceptable mm-hmm. and you know, valuable journey because yeah, the health thing is a little confusing and it's, and it's really confusing when we've, I think, especially when you are in recovery from an eating disorder, because well, maybe not for everyone, but I know for me, it was like, like health was such a part of that mm. where it was like, you know, cause for me, when I was at my heaviest, I had sleep apnea. I was pre-diabetic. I had a lot of issues with my joints. There was you know, there's a lot of health things going on. So those were the things that were like pointed to mm-hmm. when it was like, you need to lose weight. You need to lose weight because of these health problems. Um, and that's a completely different thing where it's like, um, yeah, I guess because that was my experience as being in a larger body, it took me a while to understand and respect and realize the truth in the health at every size part of not not part of but just reality because it's yeah. true. Yeah. Not everybody who's who is heavier or la- lives in a larger body is unhealthy. Yeah. Um but that's not what we're told and every day that's not what we're told and luckily mm-hmm. it's like the conversation is being had now more often. But yeah. really it's just like even if even if the person is unhealthy, that's their cho- it's their choice what they want to do with their body. And if they're not in a like, you know, a life or death situation or not heading towards a life or death situation, mm-hmm. like you gotta let, let people live. Totally. Like, 
Because there's so many thin people that do unhealthy things. Like, mm-hmm. when I was at my thinnest, I smoked so many cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Like, I did so many unhealthy things. And, like, people would praise me. Wow, your abs are so great. You look so good. What do you do? And I'd be like, I do yoga, I exercise. Like, I was really sick at the time. And, mm-hmm. no, I, like, went home and smoked ten cigarettes in a row and then passed out. That's yeah. what I did. Like, you cannot judge a book by a cover. And it's just not. it's just not fair and it's really, really harmful. So I think that the conversation keeps needing to be had and mm-hmm. yeah and and then even like okay so say there is a, like a person that's quote unquote I use quotes because I don't like the terms like mm-hmm. overweight or live in a larger oh, body oh yeah I don't like the term overweight either because what does that even what mean weight? yeah like yeah. over what weight <laughs> yeah exactly and like I think even on a larger scale like it's been proven that BMIs don't mean anything no they're terrible they're yeah harmful, actually. they're harmful yeah. And I and I still have people in my life who use their BMI as reasons why they should need to lose weight. And I'm yeah. people who are thin, yeah. who are just like, yeah, but you know, but are like five three, and so, you know, I'm five three, yeah. and so yeah, it's just my BMI. I think it's I think I'm technically like close to obese. I and, am considered obese, and that's just I mean, but then it's like, but this word obese has what so does much that stigma. Mean? Yeah. Like, there's so many layers to unpack. And that's what I totally understood when you were saying, like, changing the wording around, like, your workshop. Because now more than ever, and maybe it's just that we're awake to it now, and we're, um, like, you and I and as individuals are awake to it now. But, like, it, it there's so much. Words are loaded. Yeah. And it's hard to, like navigate that sometimes where I mean and it's great because you're learning Mm -hmm. but it's like yeah words are loaded totally something can mean something to one person and mean something completely different to an entire community or group of people I think that's that the workshops that I do blissful embodiment I've even I've even just I'm trying to like really make the wording more inclusive in that like um I used to call them body image and yoga workshops, but mm-hmm. now I just call it blissful embodiment, find compassion for your, like have a loving, I don't use these exact words, but like it, it's a space where we can talk and heal and practice having mm-hmm. a loving and a compassionate relationship with our bodies. Um, that way, like anyone can come, men, mm-hmm. women, trans people, mm-hmm. And just everyone, right? Yeah. All bodies, people who have never done yoga, like just moving and um, people who are in an eating disorder, people who have never had one, just like a space because I think we all, no matter how severe an eating disorder was or no matter what our body is, I think we all have a tainted relationship with our body. I'd say like nine out of 10 women, right? There's that oh, one yeah. woman that you feel like somehow. But even like... that person, <laughs> and and I actually, and I had this conversation, um, I interviewed my best friend who I always projected um, had this like, you know, really comfortable, confident, um, relationship with her body. And, and again, like she did for what, but it wasn't even like she did. It was like, yeah, like I didn't even think of my body. Like it wasn't like a thing that I thought of until I got to this place and then this happened. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, and then it's a a topic that I think about. And then I, I like, you know, like, I think everyone gets there at some point. I don't think that there's a single human being on this planet that for their entire life didn't deal with some disconnect with their body or some, yeah. like, moment where they were unhappy or, like, feeling, like, 
this I'm, I'm not okay with how how this is because how could you I mean it's just I mean it doesn't make sense I'm sure you feel the same but like tell me otherwise but like it just doesn't for people who like my whole life my body has been a topic in my head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that doesn't make sense to me where I'm yeah. like how could someone be able to like live a day-to-day basis without this being a thought in mm-hmm, their head mm-hmm. um but I just think even the society we live in, how do you not, I mean, we're constantly bombarded, especially with social media now, mm-hmm. with images and words and about our, I mean, it all, that's what, like, there's filters, there's people who edit their photos, there's yeah. all, there's all, there's just a whole slew of things, and before that, Photoshop and the fashion industry and just like the the type of model that would be chosen every time to be shown like we just were inundated with these images forever so I think it's impossible to to not at least at some point have that moment even if it's a moment Yeah. yeah I mean it's I mean we live in these bodies and so it's I think it's impossible for that reason like mm-hmm. It's not to say that, like, healing from this, you're, I mean, it's like, oh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, we're, I think, I think sometimes people have stuff with body image and they don't even realize it because it's so normal. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll hear Absolutely. someone who you think is, like, you look and you're like, oh, they seem like they're, they're eating, like, quote, unquote, normally. I'm using a lot of quotes, so yeah. I just have to say quote. Um, <laughs> and then you hear them say, like, one random thing, like, oh, I just heard someone say, someone who was like super embodied and I just like kind of looked up to as this Mm -hmm. like really embodied positive person. She was like, yeah, you know, I always have to go to yoga class after Thanksgiving because it's to burn off all the turkey. And I was like, no, like you don't have to burn off the turkey. It'll burn off. Your body knows what to do. You know? And just, it's just these little, Mm -hmm. if you look for it, it's everywhere. It's every, it's really everywhere. And especially if you've been doing this work. I mean, I know even, um, before I was like, quote unquote doing the work I mean I was doing the work but I in a different way like even just when I was in hospitals Mm -hmm. and like really sick you learn terminology you learn they teach you have you ever have you ever been in treatment not not like hospitalization treatment but outpatient at all I've been in like therapy groups so I don't know but so in in those groups would they talk about like these are ED behaviors Mm, yeah yeah right like so you are trained of like okay this is like when people separate their food or they eat Mm, you know in certain ways and like it's like this is an ED behavior this is an ED behavior and when you're especially for me because of the age that I was when I was going through that and it's like a very developmental time period it just was like ingrained whereas like you leave those situations or you leave your therapy group or you leave the hospital and you go into like society and it's impossible not to then be looking at everything through those lens oh yeah so you just pick up on all these things which can be a problem also because Mm -hmm. then it's like every there are some people that just don't that just want to eat things separately that doesn't mean that they have an eating disorder and then it's like an ed behavior but i mean it's so easy to kind of just like yeah take that use that towards every single thing that you're looking at and Mm -hmm. it's the same yeah it's the same thing with like wording which is why i think 
which is why it's so hard and it's so confusing because then it's like how much of this is something that I'm actually believing and is has value to me and how much of this is just me feeling like okay well now I'm paying attention to the body positivity movement and I'm hearing like you can't do this you can't do this you can't say that you shouldn't Mm -hmm. do this you shouldn't do that and so then I'm it's so like there's just too much it's it makes it hard to even be intuitive which is why I think the work that we both do the coaching Mm -hmm. and the the yoga practices are so important because we're teaching people to be their own healer, right? right? We're teaching yes. because the noise now. I used to think when I was, I was like, so the noise is like, I have to be skinny or I have to do this. But you're right. Now the noise is like all kinds of this. Mm-hmm. You can't say this. You can't say that. You need to eat intuitively. So then there's this weird thing that happens. Was like, oh, if there's cookies around, you should have a cookie because mm-hmm. it's like, and there's no. Which I, my choice would be to have the cookies. I love cookies, yeah. but not for everyone, right? So it's like. Um, it's like being intuitive and coming back to yourself is a lot harder, which mm-hmm. is why I'm saying, repeating what I said, the practices that we offer are so important because we're teaching people to listen to themselves, listen right. to yourself. What do you want? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And what happens when you yeah. do this? What happens when you do that? And like non-judgment, just experience, exactly. right? Yeah. Because the, the interesting thing that I realized when I saw when I saw the weight number, when I turned around and the, and the scale was still on, yeah. was that I wasn't, I was more upset about the fact that I couldn't accept and find love and compassion for myself for that number mm. than I was even for the fact that I was at that number. It was yeah. more like, I'm teaching my clients this. I'm like, you know, I'm saying I'm the, and I am, you know, a health, a health coach or like whatever, but like, I can't even do it. Like I'm a failure. Like I saw the number and then I flipped out. Yeah. And it was like, and that's part of the problem. It was like, it, when you keep adding on new things to then call yourself a failure for, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like crazy Yeah. to like, no longer are you upset about the weight. You're now upset that you're upset about, you know, it's n- or not no yeah. longer are you upset about the weight. It's not only are you upset about the weight and you can, and I can get through it. Like I can be like, okay, like I know it doesn't matter. Logically, I know it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I also know that my body like is my body and then it's fine and I fluctuate and I've always have and I have all these things going on and there's like, there's, you know, you just, I am where I am and that's okay. Logically, I know all of these things, but then I go into like a, a freak out, and then it's like, well, you're you're a failure. You you're a fuck up because mm. of the fact that you're freaking out. Because you felt things about things. Yeah, because you had an because you're not perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And like, not only are you not perfect with your size, you're not perfect with how you're reacting to your to your size. Totally, it's just like adds on. Just because I because for anybody who has had an eating disorder, mm-hmm. there is a level of self-deprecation, and you will like re. It's not hard to get there. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to find something to be mad at yourself about, or to like pick apart from for yourself. So then when you add in these like new, I can't even think of the word, but like levels of this is what success means. Mm-hmm. It's just then, it's the same thing. It's just, it's not weight and food. It's, you know, acceptance and love and yeah. like, you yeah, know. I'm not accepting enough. I'm yeah. not loving enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a moment actually, I was doing yoga last night and I've been feeling 
oh, yesterday I just like had a weird day and I ate like things a little faster. I had like handfuls of almonds, which sometimes make my stomach hurt and it's all fine. But like, I felt really bloated and I was having this moment in yoga where I was like, oh no, I'm self-conscious about my belly. Has all my work like gone out of the door? And I was like, no, no, no. So I just like, you know, in that moment put my hands on my belly and I was like, this is part of it. Mm-hmm. It's always going to happen. Like you want to be pregnant one day, your belly's going to change. Right. Like just like, it's part of it. Yeah. Right. So just like being really kind and yeah. And Cause loving. it is, it's part of it. The whole thing, you know, life is as long as life is going to be. And as long as you're alive, this is the journey that you're on. Yeah. And it's, you know, if you spent however many years you spent, whether you were, in your disorder, but just like conscious, body conscious. Um, yeah. Then of course, like those things are going to come up in moments of stress. Those things are going to come up just randomly, not even yeah. just in moments of stress, just randomly. Yeah. You know, and it's like learning to yeah breathe through it, or just even just okay, I'm going, I'm feeling this right now. Yeah. Like this is, I'm not feeling comfortable in my skin at this moment. But yeah, it's like. Sometimes I think when it comes to, if I like went on Instagram and then like looked, you know, at not all, I think a lot of people are kind of coming to this conclusion on their own, which is what happens. I feel like everyone just kind of like you start out in one way and then Mm -hmm. that's why even thing like even food fads or like diet fads or whatever all eventually peter out because everyone comes to the conclusion that it's like, well, this is not not everyone. Some people just jump to the next thing, but like, yeah. I think a lot of people will eventually come to the conclusion. It's like, this is not working. Cause like, it's exhausting. Cause it's exhausting. Yeah. It's so exhausting mentally and physically. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I was thinking about recently was just like how exhausting the process of like, cause actually last night in the yoga class, I was like, Wow, like imagine what you would do this time of year before Thanksgiving. The marathon just happened. I'm like, would I have ran the marathon? And mm-hmm. then like, um, just imagine what I would do with like feeling self-conscious about my belly. It'd be like, I need to change my belly. And then it'd be like, starve, 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 mm-hmm. binge, binge, binge. So exhausting. So mm-hmm. much money. So the worst, way less healthy than like eating all the foods you want yeah. regularly in and small just, portions on a normal basis. Yeah. <laughs> and just dealing with it. Yeah, so I feel really grateful to not have, to not even question, like, no, there's not a diet that's going to fix how I feel. For sure, and it's, and it really is, I think about that all the time, Mm -hmm. Um, because, like, yeah, I mean, because I went through, like, the weight loss journey that I went on, Mm -hmm. you know, came to the place, to the, whatever the lowest weight was that I was at, still felt better in the sense not necessarily because of my weight, although part of it because I was being treated differently because I had never been treated like a human before. Mm. Um, And then, but again, like part of that had to do with my weight. Part of that had to do with the fact that I was like sick and like unable to really, actually, I think most of it had to do with my weight. Yeah. People are assholes. People are assholes. Especially then. Especially what? Especially then. Yeah. There was no consciousness around. There was no body positivity movement. There was no, no, like, fat acceptance. There was no anything. It was just, if you're this size, it is unacceptable. You're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong, and unless you fix this, like, you don't deserve to be part of society. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
explain what were you saying sorry i just i was on the subway once and um once i'm on the subway all the time <laughs> and this guy there were you know in, in new york people get angry when people are in their space which is ridiculous because we're all trying to get to like the same place on the mm-hmm. subway. and this one man like bumped this other man and the other man turned around and he was like why don't you just like lose 30 pounds or something oh my god and yeah. i was just like wow like that's a normal feeling that a lot of people have where yeah. like i've had practice I've, I've had to practice my fat acceptance because a lot of what I was scared about and why I had an eating disorder was because I was so afraid of being fat mm-hmm. as if it was the, the worst thing that could happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I totally own the fact that like even six years ago, I, of course I was loving and kind. It would never outrightly say anything mean of to course. anyone. There was an internal like fat's wrong, fat's wrong, fat's mm-hmm. wrong. I'd see a fat person and assume that they just like, sat around and ate all the time. Right. Except for that random person that got covered, that you see on like a magazine who like ran a marathon and they're fat. And you'd be like, good job. Good for you. Yeah. Like as if they're like this superhuman, the only fat person that can like move. Yeah. It's so frustrating when you start to think about it. But it's, yeah. I mean, it's It was it's a big disgusting. part of my feeling to be like, oh, fat's not bad. Fat's yeah. not wrong. No. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's fat. Yeah. It's not a, it's just a diff- another body. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I had, like, homeless people, homeless men, because I, uh, I was only in college for a short period, but because then I had to go on medical leave, and that was when I, um, went into, or started my journey on trying to get into eating disorder treatment. Mm -hmm. Before that, I had only been in mental hospitals, (laughs) um, but, um, I, I was commuting, I went to SVA, um, and I was commuting from Long Island, which is where I was, my parents lived and where I grew up. And, um, I like, there was a, this one homeless man that every day it was right by Penn station. He would like ask me for a cigarette and then like go, like go into this thing about how I needed to lose weight <sighs> and how I wasn't like, it wasn't okay for me to like be, how I was and I just took it I mean you just take it like you just I mean not every I think now again like there's all these people who are um thank god like empowered to because it's it's fine like you're okay like you're that's okay like just be be who you are and be in whatever body that you've been given and like then whatever your journey is is your journey um but for um I think people are that's very new um, and I even like, okay, so we both watch This Is Us. I was sobbing yesterday on the subway because yeah. I watch it like during the day Wednesday. It's yeah. Thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I watched so it cathartic. before you came here, <laughs> which was I know, like, I, just watched I know I was like, which was a probably bad, but not, <laughs> I am so having, good. it's so good. And I love Kate. Yeah. But I'm having an issue with the fact that. And I might be projecting this just because of my own experience, but they it looked as though they were about to address the idea of someone developing an eating disorder through being thought told that they need to lose all this weight. Mm-hmm. Like they had her going down these the aisle and they like alluded to it. Do you see this? How far are you? I don't want to tell you anything. I just watched the last episode where the Okay. Yeah. So you're caught up completely. I'm caught up. Okay, cool. Yeah. So then we can talk about yeah. this. Spoilers. Sorry, but, guys. Yeah. Don't. Sorry if you Don't keep listening to this. Pause for this. Yeah. We'll just talk about This Is Us for yeah. the next Yeah, for the podcast. rest of the time. I'm totally fine with that, by the way. <laughs> um, so they had her, they showed her walking down. It was um, 
like Toby was like seeming like concerned because she kept he was like you've gone to like five classes this week like you don't need oh, to keep continue to exercise about that. yeah yeah exactly and I'm gonna say it because yeah. I think because it's because I think it's because it's where I'm going anyway yep. mm-hmm. um, and then they showed her going to the drugstore and they showed her going down the aisle and the signs that of the aisle she was going down said like laxatives weight loss mm-hmm. help whatever. There was no part of it. That maybe I'll have to go back and look at it, but I didn't see anything that was like prenatal vitamins or anything. It was yeah. all as though they were going to address like this very real problem yes. of when people are constantly bombarded with like, you have to lose weight, you have to lose weight, you have to lose weight, you have to lose weight. And then you're, you know, if you're overweight, like you can't get into the like singing uh, music industry like whatever which is like the path that she's on um and what they were making it about it was about her needing to fit into the dress that she was gonna wear in her first performance and i was like oh this is awesome i'm so glad that they're addressing this because they've only you know i Kate's main storyline has just been about her needing to lose weight and, you know, going on diets. Mm -hmm. And while I can relate to that because I went through that and, you know, only recently stopped dieting within the last like three years, Mm -hmm. but went through that as a person of her size Mm -hmm. and, um, was, was being told all the time. And then they made her pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how much of this is because of Christy Metz, you know, like, can't you just like let her just be the size that she is and have it and have her still have this like functional life and loving life mm-hmm. and maybe dealing with the, like, you, you know, this isn't a dick. The exercise can be an addiction. Dieting can be an addiction. Yeah. This can create these dysfunctional relationships with food. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to make it pregnant is like, well, if we make her pregnant, then if she, then while she's on her own actress weight, I mean, I'm totally projecting this again. Like this yeah, may not yeah. be the reality at all, but I was like, wait a second. Like, mm. like if Chrissy Mentz isn't losing weight and quote unquote losing weight, um, fast enough for like the producers that they're like, well, we'll just make her pregnant because mm. then if she's pregnant, then we don't have to like, you know, push yeah. her to be like losing the weight I was just like oh that's an interesting yeah. I didn't I didn't see that but I but I was mostly just really excited that she's pregnant so I think yeah. I lost in that I mean I'm um, stoked that she's pregnant I love her and Toby she's really pregnant she's, her and Toby yeah. are really together right yeah I saw Toby on Stranger Things by the way did you watch like the first season of Stranger Things he was on it like the first episode I, I like, watched the, yeah I've watched both seasons but I have to go back and rewatch yeah. season one because I'm a, did you watch season two yet I watched the whole oh, thing oh my god I'm obsessed I like, like watch it while I was bathing I was like I need to bathe and I need to finish the Stranger Things so I'm yeah. gonna perch it on my like this is really unsafe. Like, oh, I almost, do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> but I do. I see what you're saying around that, and yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I think that there's something to that because you're right. She hasn't been losing weight, and that probably is a problem for the producers. Yeah, like she can't just stay the Be same. Who she is? When in fact that storyline is fabulous because, like, if you look at the way that her mom treated her mm-hmm. and the way that she was growing up, like that story. Is right, which is why fabulous. I was like, yes, address this, address yeah. this. Like, this mm-hmm. is real. I People went of all through sizes that. Have eating disorders. Yeah, Bad like ones. how often was I in the fucking drugstore searching for weight loss pills? Mm-hmm. And like you know when, especially when I was at that weight and like struggling with my because you know 
when I was at that weight, it wasn't my natural weight because I had a severe eating disorder and there were reasons to why I was, I was like subconsciously, but also like purposefully gaining weight, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same way that someone is subconsciously purposely losing weight when they're on the other side of the spectrum with an eating disorder. Like, so but when I was like going through that and I, and like, oh, like, well, my, you know, my doctor or my mom or like whatever, like so-and-so like needing me to lose more weight and lose more weight, lose more weight, or even just like me, um, the amount of times that I would like search for like, what can I do to like, you know, not have to end my eating disorder, but then still like be able to lose the weight. I mean, it was it was such an opportunity for them to mm-hmm. tell a story that is never told. Yeah. Ever. Because yeah. they no one ever addresses the fact that it can be really unhealthy for you to lose weight really fast and to put your body through that like taxing experience. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz like I lost I lost weight really really fast. I lost an excessive amount of weight and I lost it real I lost it in less than a year. I mean, it was like a journey because I was in a hospital for part of it and then I relapsed and like gained and then lost again. Mm -hmm. But like, I still deal today with like repercussions, whether it being my, you know, the disordered eating part of it, like the fear, food, food fears part of it, obviously, but even like physical things in my body, like, like my pelvis stuff that I've talked to you about how I had to stop doing yoga. Mm -hmm. Like partial part of that is because I was in this mindset that I needed to push through Mm -hmm. and I needed to keep like exercising and exercising and exercising because that was like, well, I, I, you know, when I lost the weight, then like I felt better. And I didn't say this before and I really want to address this because I don't want anyone to think, uh, otherwise what I was saying was that when I got to the place that I had lost the weight yes I felt better because I was functioning as a human and being treated like a human which I hadn't before but Mm. also like movement helped me with my mental health Mm -hmm. um I was on a ton of medication and I was able to get off of all my medicine because of um just being active um and um but then like it was not enough and I still hated my body and I still hated myself. So like losing the weight didn't provide me with self-love. Yeah. It didn't make me feel better about myself. It was just like gave me new things to be upset about, whether it was like the skin or the fact that like I wasn't, now I'm not this size or now I'm not like, it's, that's how like you, you know, weight loss, Sure, if that's what you feel like you need for yourself and, like, your journey and whatnot. But, like, to be aware that if you're not also doing... If you're not also doing the acceptance work, but also maybe being surrounded by people who are telling you it doesn't matter and you're fine, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you can tell yourself that (laughs) also. But it's, like, especially if you're going to a therapist or you're going to, you know, you're in a hospital and you're whatever. And like the people who are your like medical professionals are not telling you that you're okay. You know, like that's, you know, like you want to have people who you're working with and surrounded with to be, you know, actively helping you build the acceptance and the love part too. 
Yeah. Because it's easy to say, well, like, do it for yourself. Self-love first. Mm. But, like, how, you know, and I'm sure you can speak on this, too. Like, if you're someone who's had an eating disorder for so many years or even just self-loathing, that's a really tall order. Like You don't know where to start. No. How it's even possible. Yeah. Like. Or what it even looks like. When I work with clients, I kind of, I try to even, a lot of times I try to even shy away from the word love because mm. I think it's too loaded. It's yeah. like, I think acceptance is, is it's equally loaded, but it's easier yeah. Yeah. to put your, to wrap your brain around. It's like, you got to get to the acceptance stage first. Yeah. Like. I think so too. Yeah. Because love is like, that can be really scary mm-hmm. or just feeling so unattainable. Yeah. I feel like I've been talking too much, but I want, do you mind telling your kind of like eating disorder, like story or journey? Yeah. I want to real quick say something from what yeah. you just said. Sure. Um, I agree that love can be really loaded. And I think that's why I stopped like being like, um, this is a workshop to love your body and just be like, we're mm-hmm. going to find compassion yeah. for our body. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Or there's another woman and I don't know her name, but maybe you do. It's, it's a concept called body neutrality, which mm. I don't necessarily like love because I feel like we really need to honor these vessels, but maybe mm-hmm. I need to research more about the phrase, but body neutrality is that like, no, you're not like, oh, body, you're not like, oh, body. You're like, yeah, body helps me be in the world. Yeah. Like it's more neutral, which I like. I think that there's something to that on your way. Like, that's why when I say acceptance, yeah. it's like the acceptance is on your way towards love. Yeah. Like you always want to be reaching towards self-love, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we, again, like if you're coming from a place of self-hate, it's like the, um, do you know, like, uh, sometimes I don't even want to say this because it's, I have issues with it sometimes too, but you know, like Abraham, do you know that whole thing? I don't even know how to explain it, but there's, so there's the, a ladder of emotions. Do you ever follow like Gabrielle Bernstein uh, yeah. or like, um, okay. So there's a ladder of emotions and it's mm-hmm. like, you can't expect someone to go from like complete depression to joy and yeah. be like, well, the only way you're going to manifest things in your life is if you're, you know, experiencing this joy and gratefulness. Yeah. And it's like, you're always just reading, reaching for the next rung on the ladder and that's the, it's the same thing. It's like acceptance is just like the middle rung yeah. on your way. So body neutrality would be like, you want, you, you know, you got to get there first mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, like the, I'm not having, because especially with eating disorders, the emotions are extreme and yeah. it's one or the other. And it's like, well, if I'm not feeling incredible about it, then I'm failing. Again, that whole thing where it's like, mm-hmm. here's another like success, um, unattainable really like success bracket that we're like giving ourselves that then you just another thing to add on to be like I'm a failure because I because I can't get there yeah because I'm not there and I'm not enough or that many times a day yeah so I'm always like it's you know yeah it's I guess you could kind of like look at the body neutrality thing as that as just like a middle rung it's Mm -hmm. just another rung as your way on your way towards whatever that whatever your yeah. goal is and it yeah. doesn't have to be love if you don't want it to be yeah but I do like to think of my relationship with my body as my relationship to myself mm-hmm. not that I am my body but in some ways I am it's like I'm not my body but my body is a big part of me because it without it I wouldn't even be speaking to you yeah. or like hugging my boyfriend or whatever yeah. else it is and so I like to think of it of it like that and I, I feel that like 
I, I know for so many people that they feel love for their bodies, not all the time, but like mm-hmm. often, um, or even sometimes that's nice. Right. And so I think it's possible. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's, I shouldn't say it's possible for everyone because again, this is the I body think, I'm in. This yeah. is the body I've experienced in, but I think that if you want it, that it is possible. Yeah. If you strive for it and are willing to do the work that it takes to get there, mm-hmm. then it is possible because I don't, you know, I think I love myself. Um, my me and my body still have a ways to go before I can go and say like, oh, I love my body. I love the fact that my body allows me to be mm-hmm. here, um, but I'm I desperately want to one day be able to be at that place mm-hmm. where I do love my body. And so I'm willing to like believe that that's possible and strive for it with ne- with the now understanding that that does mean in moments. Yeah. No one's ever going to fully 100% of the time be completely okay with themselves. Yeah, like, I mean, sometimes you're just like, you have a knee injury and, it, mm-hmm. day, and it feels terrible. And like in that moment, you're like, oh, my body. You're like, fuck, yeah. body, yeah. why do you hurt? You right. Know? Yeah, totally. So you, are you, would you speak on your like um, eating disorder journey? Sure, yeah. I had um, my, I'd say like my disordered relationship with my body started when I was about 11 years old and I was like going through puberty mm-hmm. and um, felt the need to lose weight because my belly was getting bigger. And so I started jogging, just like jogging for exercise, but mm-hmm. it was not, it wasn't a positive thing. Um, the intention although, behind it was yeah, yeah it was socially acceptable though great you're jogging well yeah. starting young um, and so so yeah that just kind of became a thing where I would just be like running to lose weight running to lose weight and then um, I started dieting in middle school and then through high school and it got it was mostly dieting it was mostly like restricting and like binging but in an acceptable way like a lot of teenagers do right, right? Um, but then I was also running all through it. So there was like a disordered relationship with exercise, with my body and with food. It wasn't until I reached college freshman year that I started to have like full blown eating disorder behaviors, Mm -hmm. um, which for me manifested as bulimia, binging and vomiting. Um, and so that bulimia was like my biggest drug, if you will, Mm -hmm. It, it was for, um, a, quite a long time, so from 18 to, like, really, uh, 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and times, it, like, I started dating someone, it got a little better, but it was never, there was always some, like, messed up relationship with exercise and food, and I was, mm-hmm. like, addicted to exercise. I would run 10 to 15 miles a day, and then, like, weightlift on top of that, and take laxatives, and right. just spend so much time harming my body so much time harming my body in order to look like really for my body in order to look like 20 pounds lighter. Like that was like the most I was getting. Right. Um, and so that carried on for a while. I went to Thailand to teach English and it got worse. Um, and because of the stress or like the fear of being away or I think in Thailand it got worse because it was really easy to do because I didn't have a kitchen in my house. Right. And so I ate all my meals out because it was really cheap. And cigarettes were really cheap, mm-hmm. and the gym I went to was really cheap, and I could get massages all the time to counteract all the exercises I was doing. Mm-hmm. And Thai people were really small, mm-hmm. so I felt really large there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just all these factors made it like 
but yeah, it was really easy there. I also lived with an anorexic woman who triggered me a lot. Like oh, actually for a yeah. while I was feeling kind of better. I had like gained a little bit weight of weight, but I felt sort of okay. I mean, compared to where I am, I look back and it was like not that great, but like I felt sort of okay. And then one day I remember like my friend was out of town and I had eaten a lot and I just had to throw up. And I threw up and I was like, after like probably like six months of not, I was just like right back in it. Right. Right back in it, full throttle, like really all consuming. Um, and yeah, and so that's when I decided to come back to New York and start the healing process. Like really, the first couple months I was in New York, I had a kitchen again. So I was like binge eating, stealing food, just like mm-hmm. all all the things. And, um, and then that was what like, I was like, oh... Okay. I felt, I felt, I was like, I think it's really time. Because before it was like, it was like almost time, but I wasn't ready. And it was so easy to hide. Nobody knew. Everyone just thought I was like super healthy. Because it's so amazing to me. I like, not to get too graphic, but like I threw up as much as all the other bulimics did. And I never had anything wrong with my hands or my teeth. Mm -hmm. And part of me regrets, regretted that in the moment. Because I was like, I need help. But like, I'm not just going to ask. No one's going to believe me. Because like, I'm a healthy runner. I like run all the time. Right. There was one time I was running and I like couldn't finish the race and I knew why. I knew yeah. why because I had like binge and purge the night before, you right. know, and it was just, but yeah, so I started my healing journey in um, New York, which involved all kinds of things, um, therapy. I was in Overuse Anonymous for a while, which was helpful at the time. And then I, mostly therapy and like my own really willing self-study, like mm-hmm. of just being like, okay, what works for me? Right. What works for me? And yeah. That, and when I found that, that was what really encouraged me to start doing the healing programs for other women. Cause I was like, okay, if this works for me, it can work for other people. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it was a long road. I mean, I guess from when I was 11 to when I was 26. So that's like, yeah, it's like 15 years. And before that, if, there was even other stuff that came up. Like I, I'd say probably when I was like eight or nine, I started to get messages, but it didn't really take off till I was 11. And and it's important to remember that when you're healing, because that's so much time. You mentioned this before. That's so much time of being in the disorder mm-hmm. that it's going to take more. It's not just going to be like, okay, yeah, I'm in a year, I'm healed. It's like, no, in like, I mean, what? It's been like, I guess, 15 years since I've... No, I'm doing terrible math. Wow, I just like made myself 40 in this moment. <laughs> it's been like really f- almost four years of recovery. And like, yeah. I'm doing pretty well, but I know that I have a long way to go, yeah. right? Like there's more layers that like... Hopefully, we'll keep peeling back. and. Yeah, totally. I mean, easier. and it's, yeah, I, I like what you said, too, about um, how part of you wished that you had more outward um, examples or I'm not. Signs. Voc- yeah, signs Physical is the word signs, that right? I'm looking for, um, that there was a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a huge thing. There's so many people who have eating disorders. And like I was saying before, like there's a lot of people who have been eating disorders that because they're thinner, like people don't like people don't believe it or like they don't, or they'll automatically be like, but you must be purging. Yeah. And that's not necessarily what is happening. Um, it's just everybody's body is different. And, and also, and like, um, when it comes to getting treatment, it's so much harder to get treatment when the signs aren't there, which is so gross. It's such a disgusting thing. I mean, even me who, you know, was like, again, I mean, I'm just going to say, 
I'll just say the number and trigger warning if anybody has an issue yeah. with numbers. But I was, you know, 5'3 and weighed 312 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, like, was... And it, and if I was, like, a healthy, happy person at that, you know, 5'3, 312, great. You know, but I wasn't. I mm-hmm. was, you know, trying to kill my... Like, having suicide attempts and, like, very, very, very deep in my disorder. And my insurance company wouldn't... Said, mm-hmm. oh, well, you're not, you're not big enough. Or, like, this can be handled in an outpatient situation. Or, like, so it took me two years before I was even able... It took me two years and a suicide attempt for them to grant me treatment. Um, And and that is... I don't know... Well, also at that time, binge eating disorder was not in the DSM. It didn't be go. I think it went to the DSM in like 2011 wow, or something like so that. So recent, yeah. And this huh. was 2003, 2004. No, it was okay. 2003. Wow. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy that like, again, it's just judging from the external. It's yeah. just judging from. It's like, oh no, but you're not sick enough. Like yeah. you know your hair is not falling out or like you're still getting your period or you know you're like you're not sick enough and it's like who are you to say whether I'm if I'm struggling to the point that it's like I can't function and you know I don't want to be alive or you know then like whether those marks are there or those signs are there should not or not people Mm -hmm. who are asking for treatment people who are brave enough to get to the point where they're brave enough to ask for help should be given help Absolutely. It's an insane thing, and it's partially just like our, you know, not just our country, because I'm not 100% sure how mental health works in other countries. Obviously, healthcare yeah. is better yeah. um, in more socialized <laughs> systems where healthcare is free, but I don't know what if that includes mental health at all. I have no, I'm not sure. So, yeah, I can't yeah. really speak on that, but. Um, but it's crazy. Like, it's so crazy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if I was a heroin addict, even some people who are heroin addicts or, ha- or have drug issues, it's like, it's still, it's not, you know, you're not bad enough until you're, like, overdosed. Then you yeah. can't get treatment. You're just using it regularly. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, there's more likely of a chance that someone who is a heroin addict is going to be granted access to rehab. Mm-hmm. Um than someone who has an eating disorder to grant access to treatment, which is crazy because it's the same thing. It's just the drug is different. Mm -hmm. The, it, the actions, you know, I was completely addicted to binging. Yeah. Like it wasn't even just addicted to food. It was Mm -hmm. addicted to binging. Mm -hmm. I was addicted. I would, I would binge until I blacked out. Yeah. And that, and I was addicted to that. It was part of my day, yeah. you know, and like the, the food was the drug mm-hmm. that numbed me out or like, you know, did whatever. It's like, what's diff? What, how is that different? Yeah. You know, or the people who purge or people who are anorexic, you know, it's the thing that's, it's the feeling of the action that ends up becoming the addiction. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, totally. But it's we the way in which we treat eating disorders and the way in which we treat drug addiction or alcoholism is completely different. Yes, the treatment should be different. 100% the treatment should be different because it is two different things in that aspect. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but access to the treatment should not be different. If someone's actively killing themselves, Mm -hmm. whether they're aware that that's going to be the outcome, because I, because of the amount of hospitals that I was in, I know people who died from anorexia. I know people who died from, from binge eating disorders. I think there's a stat on it. And I, and I, gosh, I, I I hate to um, butcher it, but that um, anorexia or no eating disorders are one of the, is the highest rate of mortality because mm-hmm. of a mental illness. Mm-hmm. I believe, and whoever's listening to this, if that's wrong, like just let me know, yeah. please. But I think it's something along those lines where there's a, regardless of the perfection of the quote mm-hmm. or the statistic, there's a really high mortality rate for Absolutely. eating disorders. Yeah. Maybe- I mean, I think of every time I put my fingers down my throat and felt dizzy and lightheaded, it's a miracle that I didn't pass out or like pop a blood vessel. I don't yeah. know. And there was times when I was doing it and I was like, please, yeah, let's do this. You know, like it's very... It's like a slow suicide. It is. It's 100% it's a slow suicide. I mean, that's just fact. Similar to like a heroin addiction, right? Yeah. Just, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to be here, so I'm going to be like in this altered state where I'm like binging. Or or I don't want to be here, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to get smaller and smaller. Or I don't want to be here, so I'm going to like get bigger and bigger to like hide myself, which isn't always the narrative. But that was my narrative. So you can say that because, and that's where I get... um, not upset, but feel judged yeah. by the body positivity movement because I was like, my experience was my experience. And what my yeah. experience was has nothing to do with anyone else's. Totally. It just has to do with mine. Yep. And I had, you know, sexual abuse traumas when I was a kid, mm-hmm. was then in mental hospitals surrounded by people who were sexually abused, were taking in everyone's sexual abuse stories, mm-hmm. and was terrified to be in my own body. And so I was binging because I had a, you know, disorder, but also because I was trying to gain weight because society said that if I was larger, then I would be unattractive. And Mm -hmm. obviously that's not true, but that was what was happening in my head. And so I was like putting a, you know, a mask on essentially Mm -hmm. to try and hide myself behind my weight. And again, that was just my experience. That is not has nothing to do with yeah. it. Doesn't mean that people who are in larger bodies, that's what they're doing. Exactly. At all. At you all. You speak from your experience. I speak from just my singular one yeah. person. Which is someone experience. else's too, right? Like exactly. anytime you have an experience, a million other people can yeah. relate. Just as someone who um, is in a larger body and doesn't feel they have yeah. that story. A million people can relate. So yeah, it's important. And, to and I know that it's that. like again, and it comes from where you're saying of privilege. Mm-hmm. That again, it's like I I get wary of saying that, and it's like I need to say that because that was part of my journey, and yeah. that was part of my journey of self abuse. Mm-hmm. And so I need, in order to heal that, I need to be able to speak on that. Totally. Um, with the understanding of the fact that there, because that is a narrative that is often told mm-hmm. um, uh, people then who are just you know are in larger bodies and are happy in larger bodies and that's just where they are can have that story projected onto them mm-hmm. you know because again like especially if you're a person in a larger body who has experienced trauma in your life um, people will project onto you that the reason why you're in a larger body is because of the fact that you experienced trauma in your life. Mm. And that is not, ne- that is not necessarily the case. Totally. That was me the wrong way. I remember yeah. I once was reading this blog and, um, it was something about like, if you're, if you have extra weight, 
there's something you need to shed. And I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. Not for everyone. No. Like maybe, no. maybe if you need to, no, like that is, you can't just, even if that's, and, and you speak really well because you're like, this is my experience. It's not everyone's as opposed to being like, if you are this weight yeah. or if you have extra weight, you have no, like maybe some people, yes, not yeah. everyone. So like F that, I'm sorry. But and that's so yeah. like frou-frou too. Like you have something I know. to shed. Jeez. We all have something to shed. We also, We're always constantly shedding. Yeah. It's not going to always be physical. Exactly. Maybe we look brighter when we shed something. Maybe sometimes <laughs> some people lose weight, but like not fucking always. Yeah. So like no. stop speaking for everyone. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I will fully admit to this too, which what was what you were saying earlier about um, the journey of fat acceptance is that. I, I also, because I was like, well, then I lost the weight. But again, like I lost the weight. I still was so, I mean, I still am like, I'm still super fucked up around like sex and like Mm -hmm. not dissociating or being in my, being in my, a soul in my body. Mm -hmm. Like, so like, obviously the weight was just secondary to that. That was the issue that was going on. The weight didn't really have anything to do with it, but I was like utilizing the weight as a, a protection in, in some way. Um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. It was going to be so profound. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but, like, because of the fact that that was my journey, mm-hmm. um, and because, like, it's... I can guarantee you if, if there'd be a million people that would be like, yeah, yeah, no, she's right. If I was, like, saying that, that, well, then, because that was my journey, then that was everyone's journey. And I totally had that experience too. And I think I talked to you about how like when I self-published my book and put it out there and I was like, but at the end of it, I was like, and now I'm eating paleo yeah. and like I'm doing this. And I was like, well, it was pre my self-acceptance totally. work. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I would have absolutely believed that, that it was like, yeah, no, like, but they must be dealing with something. Yeah. There's no way that they could possibly be. Cause I was there. Yeah. I've had I had that. I lived that experience mm-hmm. and I wasn't okay. So mm-hmm. then no one else must be okay. So other they're just lying if they are, right? Yeah. That's like like there's yeah, right? or just like yeah, like lying to feel better. Mm-hmm. And it took me getting on my own self-acceptance journey and because like, you know, I lost like 160 pounds and then gained like 60 of it mm-hmm. back over the last probably like 6 years and like come you know and that was like a whole thing for me like I would like coming to like terms that and again I apologize for using numbers um but uh having to then go through that acceptance journey and then realize like oh and also just because of society has changed and we're really in in the ways that in which that social media can be detrimental to one's health, it can also be really valuable mm-hmm. to learn other people's experiences and to build community. And I think from just choosing on my acceptance journey to then like really focus that the people who I'm going to be following and the people who I'm whose information I'm going to be taking in are going to be people who are you know body positive and women and women who accept themselves in larger bodies which whenever I witness that now just makes me cry because Mm -hmm. I'm like I wish that I had that Mm -hmm. I wish that me I think that I would be in a much healthier mental situation today had Mm -hmm. I when I was at my heaviest been told that it's okay yeah 
you know, and there's a lot of people in my life who he, even hearing me say that would be like, but you weren't okay. And yeah, I wasn't okay, but it didn't have to do with my weight. It wasn't my weight that it but, wasn't because of my size that I wasn't okay. Yeah. It was because of how it was because I was mental. I had, you know, I had been diagnosed with bipolar. Mm-hmm. I was depressed. I was con- I was harming myself. Like there, those were the reasons why I wasn't okay. Yeah. The weight part of it was like in some, you know, that was a different, in some ways it wasn't different because it was correlated, but like to then make me feel like I'm not worthy. And part of it that was just coming from myself, but that I'm yeah. not worthy. Well, I'm not Yeah. Not completely at all. <laughs> or like, and that, you know, walking into like a job interview and, or even just like to go pick up an application and have someone like looking at you up and down and like mm-hmm. being like, uh, like, yeah. you know, being given all of the signals that you're just not accept you're, you don't belong on this planet. Like yeah. that fed into all the other stuff. Of course. I mean, yeah. gosh, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't do this alone. We can't just love ourselves alone. Mm-hmm. Like you said. So if there's outside circumstances, uh, if there's outside forces telling us that we're also yeah. not okay, that's terrible. And I, that's something that I cannot relate to. And I mm-hmm. have all the empathy that I can personally oh, yeah, have totally. for it because that's just, I see on the subway occasionally like, um, someone in a larger body who's taking up two seats. And, um, I feel I'm like sometimes overly empathic where I like internalize things. So I'm like, you know, trying not to cry and just like, but that's like pity. So then that's weird. Anyways, now yeah. I'm analyzing myself, but I see so many people just like dirty looks, dirty looks. Yeah. I saw this one woman eating chips and she was in a larger body, just a bag of chips and people were giving her the nastiest looks. And I was like, I can fucking eat that bag of chips and you're not going to look at me like that. That's bullshit. Yeah. Or you could spread your legs wide or Uh, or have your bag next to you and be taking up two seats. Exactly. Like, you know, and, and I did have that experience. That was part of my experience with commuting, like, or even like my best when I got out of um, the first hospital that I was in, you know, my best friend was like in college, went to SVA. And so I would constantly like go in and visit her. And so I would have that experience of like, yeah, like the looks that you get because, you know, or even just being on an airplane, like, cause I couldn't fit in a regular seatbelt. So I would have to get an extension for, for the belt. And it's like, even asking, like, just, there's so many things that people, that it's, it's like, if we could just accept everybody's different and everybody's going to be a different size and everybody, then it's like, so what? Like, it yeah. shouldn't be a traumatic situation mm-hmm. for me to sit down on the subway or for yeah. me at that time to sit down on the subway or for anyone who's in a larger body to sit down on the subway. Yeah. Or to even go on the subway. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be a traumatic event to have to ask for an extension on, on the seatbelt. Totally. You don't know, like, it's just... It's all of that is just an external society just projecting whatever their shit and their fears are on you. Exactly. Which is, yeah. And which is why like now when I do, you know, however I feel about the body positive world or not, um, when I do see like these like incredibly gorgeous, you know, women on binary, whatever, you know, trans, whatever, like anybody in a larger body, it me it, I get emotional mm. because I'm like, oh, thank God, like, thank God. And I'm sure that they're getting a lot of shit from a lot of people. But it's like, thank God that someone who was my age when I was 
being from all all avenues in my life being told that I I needed to be fixed mm-hmm. is having these role models that they can look at and they're like look at me like I'm great like fuck you if you think otherwise because I'm just living my life and like yeah. whatever I think that in so many ways that it's um, it's a really even with the pitfall, I mean, there's going to be judgment, there's going to be pitfalls, there's going to be things in whatever, in every movement, and every whatever. It's a progression, too. Yeah, We're like of on course. A journey, right? Yeah. So even with all of that, like, I can I can take it. Like, I can mm-hmm. take all of that, of whatever I feel judgment from of myself from it, uh, for that to be a thing that is out there and accessible for for teenagers, for kids, for, for adults, for anyone who, especially, you know what, and especially adults, because anybody who's an adult now means that they grew up either before or during the same time that I grew up. Yeah. And so we all went through that period where it's like, this is very new, mm-hmm. very new. Um, so I'm like, you know, thank God that that exists. Yeah. And it'll just hopefully keep growing and getting better and more inclusive and more like recognizing that everybody has their own journey because I do like even when you say like the Catherine Budig thing and like um I have my own I mean I have my own issues just with kind of like the that world in general but it's like a woman who if 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 you are having Yes, you need to recognize your privilege 100%. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who's gone through some shit and gone through, like, real deal hard acceptance with your body or anything, it shouldn't matter. You should be able to speak on it because exactly. that's your experience. Yeah. And as long as you're not trying to shut other people up yeah. and you're and you're allowing, you know, you're holding the space for, for other people who have different experiences, who are more marginalized, to mm-hmm. be able to, to speak up like you should still be able to tell your story because there's you know there's value in a thinner woman talking about her body issues because the reason why people strive to be thin is because they think that when you get there then you will love yourself yeah and so if someone who's thin is not willing you know is being told they need to shut up and they can't speak on what their experience is in their body then that just is a continues the cycle of the problem yeah because the truth is, is that it doesn't matter what size you're in. You can have body issues oh, absolutely. regardless. Yeah. And then there's people who are super skinny with no curves and wish that they had, you know. Mm-hmm. And, absolutely. And I, I think, I don't think it's about, I personally don't think it's about shutting those people up. I just think it's about making sure that we honor privilege yes. within, like, yes. within the story. And I think with the Catherine Budig thing, it was more about just like how Yoga Journal was as a brand oh, yeah. and how no. like we got to bring yeah. someone else in, guys. We got to right. bring more people in. You've yeah. had, we've had enough of like those yeah. types. And she's awesome. She's like a really great teacher and yeah, knows totally. what she's doing. So I, I want to honor but that. The, and that's what I meant. Where I was like, I have my own issues with that world. Yes, totally. <laughs> with, like, I do too. The yoga Actually, world, I've been but... like these so blissful embodiment workshops. I've I I used to call them yoga embodiment workshops. I know I said that, and now it's just like it's like trauma informed healing movement mm-hmm. discussion and right. Like mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. Cause like, we don't need to call it yoga. Just like we don't need to label our bodies. Yeah. We're like, yes, it's inspired by yoga. Yes. We probably do a down dog in the workshop right. if you want. Cause it's all like choice based, yeah. but, um, yeah. Like again with the language, right. It's like, yeah, totally. Do I really, I sometimes I'm like, do I really want to call myself a yoga teacher? Yes, of course. Because that's where I got all my body. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I got a lot of my 
healing and also that's like what I'm trained to teach yes but I think also I like having avenues like the workshops where I can be like you can call this yoga but you can also call this like fun movement in your body Mm because yoga was created by people who were like moving their bodies yeah right which like could have easily have been created by you I teach kiddos yoga um and I just have them like create their own poses sometimes and it's so fun because it's like yeah like this is this is your pose you're just like doing I find it interesting because I've had conversations with my sister um, in the past where she has the same issue. She's like, I just feel like I don't want to call myself a yoga teacher. And she also like, she mainly has taught kids. Mm. So I wonder if, I mean, part of that is just also like being conscious of, of the body and her having gone through her own issues with, with that, um, and getting too involved in, in the world on a, you know, for me, like the reason why that we've talked about this, that I, had to kind of have like a, a bit of a breakup with it was just being too involved on the business end of things that yeah. I just was like, uh, like Pause. sometimes you don't want to have all the information about that stuff because yeah. then it just taints your view on things. Um, but, um, I wonder if part of it comes from working with kids and being able to see like, Oh, like, yes, sometimes there is value in a po- in a specific pose. Of course. Yeah. But sometimes it's just value in moving and sometimes it's just value in just like playing. Mm -hmm. And like, I think, um, I wonder if that, if you guys have that in common where it's like being able to see that through children and whereas like, you're not going to get a kid to do like a perfect sun salutation or like a sequence, a perfect sequenced class. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like. I don't even know how, how, and you can tell, let me, if you, if you do, but like, do you even sequence your, like your kids classes? Is that well, like, I teach also 13 year old girls. Yeah. So a little bit. With yeah. Them, Cause they're starting to even have back trouble and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're like a little more. Yeah. Um, they're also starting to talk about how they're fat. So I'm like, okay, yeah. insert next week is all, I'm so excited. Next week is going to be all like, it's, I don't know. I think the theme is going to be like inspiration and mm-hmm. I'm going to just like, I'm going to play them videos of like some yoga, awesome. lar- people in the larger bodies doing yoga and just, just have that conversation. Yeah. 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 And anyways. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't need to tell you what my curriculum is now on the podcast. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> no, I think it's cool. I mean, I think it's, there's so much value in that. I mean, I know my reaction to this election, the Trump winning was the next day I was like, I need to work with teenagers. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have to, that needs to be the demographic that I like try. And I try to, and I do like, I have a client who's 16, 17. Oh, cool. Um, but it, like, I really wanted to even more so. And I've spoken at like, at high schools too, an all girls high school. But I just think that there's so much like that's 13 is such an imperative age when it comes to your body. Absolutely. Because that's for a lot of kids. That's like, a lot of girls like that's when they're getting their period like that's when they're going through puberty that's when those things are changing that's when Mm -hmm. the that vocabulary of like self-hate really can get so much louder whether it's hormone related Mm -hmm. or just because of you know who you're surrounded with or who your parents are or like who whatever you've been fed um, there's so much value in teaching teenagers. I think totally. like the, and I still hope to one day be able to kind of more work with teens because yeah. I just think like, that's really where it's at. And even with your, with what you're saying and, um, 
And I have a similar experience that when you're like, you notice that those things started when you were 11 Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, like that's when it starts. And if you can, if you can change, like if you can give someone this information when they're that age or like 13 or whatever, that could change the trajectory of their entire life. Yeah. Because I didn't have act I mean did you like we didn't I don't we didn't have access to like that level I mean not that level I mean we watched like weird eating disorder videos totally yeah (laughs) but those were like the 80s I guess 70s even maybe and like like, the lifetime eating disorder movies yeah. yeah I actually had one in college was my first introduction to like more acceptance. I had this awesome teacher at King State College, Rebecca Brown, if you're out there. Yeah, she's like really doubtful that she's listening, but <laughs> she was so awesome because I remember, first of all, like in the collegiate, like I, of course, I was studying health and fitness mm-hmm. and lots of people who study that have eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And she was just like this embodied woman who was like, you know, like a lesbian. She had like her dogs with her. She was just like a really cool lady. And her first thing she said, she was like, I'm 5'3", and I weigh 160 pounds, and I feel pretty healthy sometimes. Like, she was just announcing, like, her weight in, in her... It was a health... Psycho, like, psychology of health class, and she really dived into, like, all bodies are good bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, really what we're talking about now, but she was, like, a little bit before her time. And I loved it, and I dug it, but I couldn't internalize it. Totally. And then I had another teacher who was like, I don't understand bulimia. Why do people just... Why don't people just stop sticking their fingers down oh their throat? God. You know? Yeah. So it was like... But I, what I'm why I'm saying is that is because, like, that was my first intro, this this mm-hmm. woman, to, like, body love. And I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for it then. Yeah. But, like... But I still remember her. Totally. And I think, I think I'm grateful for her, because... Well, that's what I was going to say is that you still remember it. And I'm sure whether you were aware of it or not, that that had some influence on you being able to recover. Yeah. You know, that's why it's like if you give them the information young or like are constantly exposing to the information as young as you can, but like just throughout all the stages, really, Mm -hmm. then like yes, they may not be ready then. They're going to have to... Everyone has to go through whatever they have to go through. Like, everyone has to go through their own journey. There's really not much you can do to kind of stop someone's divine, (laughs) like, journey. But, like, if you give them the information... Because, again, it's like, you know, and you know this, like, recovery is a choice. Yeah. Help... Choosing help is a choice. Mm -hmm. And someone... You can have all the information in the world and not do anything with Mm -hmm. it. But you're more likely to get to that place if you've been inundated with like, hey, you're fine. Like, you know, not when it, not you're fine when it comes to mental health. Obviously, that's not like something you want to, to say to someone yeah. in like the middle of a severe or depressive episode. Mm-hmm. But um, not to invalidate their experience, but just mm-hmm. being like, these are the tools. Hey, this was my experience. I went through this. I came out this side, blah, blah, blah. These are like... You know, here's ways in which, you know, you can use affirmations or use this technique or use this technique, which, like, even if one person, like, even if it's 30 years later, is like, oh, well, I remember this, like, woman told me about this thing. And then they, whether they use it or it's or it's enough fuel for them to go and find someone else to, like, reinforce that. Yeah. Like, if we don't give the information or if, the, if you're not giving the information at all it's so much harder than to get on that path. Cause I wasn't ready for recovery for a long time, but I, my parents were always 
putting me in therapy. I was constantly in therapy. I was constantly, you know, in treatment centers and like mm-hmm. and doing all this stuff. So I at least was like being given the tools that eventually I was able to be like, okay, I'm ready now to like utilize some of the stuff that I learned that I think would be valuable to me. But had I not had that, what would you even reach for? You know, had that woman not been in your life, what would you even reach for? Like, it's like, it's so valuable to be teaching these things to teenagers or to kids or to any of the stages, but especially, especially teen girls, especially teen girls. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's true. We have to start them young because it's amazing. Yeah. Like I sometimes, because I'm in like the body positivity bubble in some ways. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, people are starting to accept their bodies. But like, no, these like girls are talking to each other and they're like, you're skinny. I'm fat. Just like, mm-hmm. and they're all just like normal, like quote unquote normal again, the quotes, yeah. but like they're, yeah, they're because neither. They're not, they're not like anything. They're seeking just... out body positivity things. Like yeah. we're in the body positivity yeah. world, so we're aware of it. But if you're not seeking it out, it's not so accessible. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's more accessible now. It's becoming more mainstream, but it's, it's got a ways more to go. accessible to follow like the inspiration on mm-hmm. Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. So harmful and terrible. So terrible. <sighs> Fitspiration. Yeah. As if fitness looks a certain way. Yeah. As if it even matters. Like, what fit for what? Like, are they training? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I love to exercise and I love, like, doing mm-hmm. movement with my body. But but even, I've, like, for yeah. me, I was ha- would have such an issue with, like, um, and again, like, to each their own. Some people need to post those photos of themselves because it's healing for them. And yeah. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they're... I, I'm totally kind of removed from it now, but when I wasn't, I was very much involved in, in the yoga world. Um, just all of the, like, the yoga poses, especially adva- more so just, like, people posting themselves in advanced poses. Yeah. Where it's like, that's so fucking dangerous. Like, that's such a dangerous yeah. thing for you to be... I mean, congratulations, I guess. Like, But even just saying yeah. that, even congratulating someone on being able to get into a hard pose is like problematic in itself where it's just like yeah i mean and and i experienced that personally where i was like well i'm i can't you know even though i've done teacher training and i've spent all this time doing this but i can't even do that so i'm not actually good i mean it's why i didn't teach because i was like i'm not good enough because i can't because i can't Mm -hmm. do a handstand or Mm because i can't like get into whatever this you know this arm balance or whatever and look at all these people on social media like doing you know, fucking crow on a bridge. Crow on like this little yeah. weird mountaintop. Yeah. yeah. And it's like great if you felt inspired to like get into crow, but like, mm-hmm. you know, be aware that of what you're projecting out into the world of like, and again, totally. you know, for some people it's healing for them to put their image out there in whatever way they do, but it, it creates these like unrealistic and unhealthy um, guidelines of like, what yoga should be or what yoga is or what you should be able to do with your Mm -hmm. body Mm -hmm. to the point that then yoga becomes a problem like which happened with me like Mm -hmm. it just became a problem because it was like I mean I was able to get out of that situation because I loved it so much that I was like I don't want to give this up Um, so I found communities and teachers that were very much like this is your path and also poses don't mean shit like Alignment super important to keep yourself safe. It's important to understand the body in that sense. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, whether you can do an arm balance or not doesn't mean anything. Um, and like, 
thankfully like I came to that that place eventually but yeah then my body was like no it's too late you have to stop doing it because of my pelvis but Mm -hmm. but yeah I just I I feel like it's people putting pose photos Instagram posts up it's like I think I don't think it's a good idea yeah, I I like used to do that. Although I I would just do like headstands was like my thing, and I don't anymore. Right. But now what I do is if I feel like I created something useful, like I did a chair yoga pose, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is great. Like oh, and that's totally chair different. Yoga pose. Yeah, yeah, because it was like I just I always want to make sure is there a reason I'm showing this other than to show off? Mm-hmm. Like, am I showing this because I think it might help someone? Then I will show it. Yeah, like me in like tree pose with like my foot below or yeah. something. But I'm careful about that. And I also feel that's another thing with, like, I try not to get too judgy around it because I think some people are totally fine just doing yoga their whole lives and, like, totally. challenging their bodies. And like, Absolutely. Because they have bodies that it works that way. Yeah. Where, like, mine doesn't either. Like, the more I try to push, the tighter I get, yeah. weirdly. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, counterintuitive. Yeah. But, um, but there are people who, like, do yoga and it's fun. I don't know. Maybe I, I, can't, exp- I can't speak for myself around this and, like... Well, like, that's if they're I'm all saying. following each yeah. other, that's great. But yeah, if yeah. people like us back in the day are mm-hmm. following those people, like then that's harmful. And I, yeah. that's why I'm mindful of it now. Yeah, totally. And and I love it when people are showing um, modifications or like even like where you said like the chair pose. When you make it accessible for mm-hmm. everyone, mm-hmm. that's different. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah, when you make it accessible for more, more people, people. Yeah. then that's inc- that's totally beneficial. It's an incredible thing to share in the world. And again, like I said, like some people, it's really healing and joyful for them to get in an advanced pose and have a photograph of themselves taken and put it up yeah. there. And and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I think it's more when people use it for marketing for their classes yeah. and or marketing for their studios or marketing for whatever their program or whatever where it's where that's where I get like a little like well not everyone's going to be able to yeah, get to probably that most place. of your students yeah and maybe we should like address that myth from the get go because yeah. then there's less of a chance for people to feel like failures yeah. when their body is like this isn't natural for me, (laughs) like, you know, to put my leg over my arm. Like, it's like, you know, we're never going to get to that place, so it's okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. I have a teacher who says that. He says, like, yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, like, what your body's doing. Yeah, exactly. Aaron Angel, you know Aaron. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I love Aaron. Um... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. Everybody's body's different, and everybody's body's gonna react to things differently. And if you really want to be able to do yoga for the rest of your life, don't push it. Yeah, <laughs> take it, take it back. Do take some it back. Yoga. Do some restoratives. Like really listen to yourself as much as you possibly can, and yeah. just like you don't need to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go to a mixed level class or like a level three class. And if you go to a mixed level class, make sure you understand what your modifications need to be for yourself. Yeah. And like, don't, and if you're not in a place where you can go to a classroom and not let what everyone else around you is doing affect you, don't go to the class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Find somewhere else to go. Yeah. Do a home Try practice. Try home practice. For There's well. lots of options. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. So You're so yeah. welcome. I hope that this was you feeling good. About yeah. It? Yeah. Okay. Cool. It was fun. It was yeah. just casual.
Yeah, cash, just, just nice. chatting about bodies. 